I had a win. Aaron. Um, okay, so this is a new podcast. This is our third or fourth podcast that we've started. <laughs> Remember when we started that YouTube channel? Yeah. That went nowhere, so we'll see where this goes. It's going to be great. I mean, we've been really consistent with our podcasts, except for one of them. Uh, but, you know. So, I'm, yeah, I'm hopeful. Okay, so this podcast is uh, our first episode, and it's called Pass the Popcorn. And it's really about movies uh, from Hollywood, new and old. Um, we're, not, we're not doing, like, new releases and, you know, we're critics or anything. It's more just two people who really like film, um, Hollywood, the whole, you know, the whole shebang. And we're just going into the facts about them, behind the scenes, what uh, what we thought about the film, what critics said, and so on. So uh, we start off with a bang. We're doing The Wizard of Oz. So are you ready, Owen? Yes. Okay. So The Wizard... Oh, go ahead. Wait, The Wizard of Oz? I thought you meant The Wiz. <laughs> no, not The I didn't the prepare Wiz. for The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> okay. So, oh, also, too, I think that with a film like The Wizard of Oz, because every single person knows who it is, yes? It just occurred to me, mm -hmm. Judy Garland, Wizard of Oz, Whitney Houston, The Wiz, both died of drug addiction. Mm. I just It just occurred to me right now. Amazing. Amazing. Is it? Um, so with The Wizard of Oz, everybody knows, um, at least in America, who, what The Wizard of Oz is. Um, some people are love it. There's certain uh, people in the country and around the world who just are obsessed. There's, there's whole parades dedicated, museums dedicated to the film. So there are going to be, I'm sure, some things that we bring up that you already know if you're a really big fan, you're going to know a lot of behind the scenes details. Uh, Edwin and I are really big fans of the film. So there's going to be hopefully a lot of trivia and fun facts that we like about the show. I mean, about the movie. Okay. So do you know when it was released, Edwin? 1932. No, it was released on August 25th, 1939. You were close. And it was, it stars Judy Garland as Dorothy, Ray Bolger as the Scarecrow, Margaret Hamilton as the Wicked Witch, Jack Haley as the Tin Man, Bert Lahr as the Coward Lion, and Frank Morgan and Billy Burke. Uh, it was directed by Victor Fleming, who was credited as the director. However, the film went through a series of directors, which included George Cooker, Mervyn Leroy, Norman Targ, I might be butchering the names, I apologize, Richard Thorpe, and King Vidor. It's rated PG. It's one hour and 42 minutes long. And a synopsis is Dorothy Gale is swept away from a farm in Kansas to a magical land of Oz in a tornado and embarks on a quest with her new friends to see the wizard who can help her return home to Kansas and help her friends as well. It's from IMDb. So, oh, I also, <clears throat> we're going to do like a rating one to 10, but we're going to do it at the end of the podcast when we finally, you know. All right. So, do you know how, how it's, uh, why it's named Oz? You have to talk, Edwin. They're not, I'm, they I'm can't trying to see. think about it. <laughs> Oz, Oz, Oz. <laughs> well, while you're thinking, Out it's of... based on L. Frank Baum's popular children's book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. So, Oz, Alfred Waz, is that, is mm -hmm. that him? So, the, the story goes that Frank was writing this and he was trying to figure out what to name the land while writing the book. And he looked at his file cabinets and it's A to N and then O to Z. For the other one. Oz. So he saw OZ and he's like Oz. And so that's how he came up with it. 
So, <clears throat> Edwin, I'm sure you know, obviously, or a lot of you out there, that Shirley Temple was the first choice, but she was under contract with Fox, which was the rival studio company uh, to MGM who was making the film. So, Judy Garland was the one that was chosen. Um, and she was uh, 16 at the time. It wasn't uh, easy for her. She had to be uh, bound. Her breasts were bound every single day on set. Uh, she was put on a diet of coffee and cigarettes uh, to keep her weight under control. Uh, she was also given antihistamines and barbiturates uh, to put her to sleep once they f uh, finished filming after like 16 hour days, uh, which is what started her drug addiction. Um, student oh, go ahead. For those exact reasons that you're naming all that mm -hmm. um, is one reason probably the main reason why I have a hard time watching The Wizard of Oz. Like, What are the other reasons you have a hard time watching it? Well, that's mostly it. Like, oh, okay. I mean, the other reasons, too, it's like... I think that's honestly a little ridiculous. <laughs> like, when you said that, I was like, I'm going to save my opinion until we record to tell you. Judy Garland, one of the most beloved actresses and figures in Hollywood of all time, arguably one of the most talented people to come out of Hollywood. Sure. Legendary, like... Everybody knows Judy Garland. Mm -hmm. I mean, she produced Liza Minnelli. Like, just she's just talented. Like, it's just uh huh. Uh, and The Wizard of Oz, I think it, I could. I think is credited for killing Judy Garland. This was her breakthrough role. They got her addicted to uppers and downers, crazy energy pills to give her energy, weight loss. They kept her on a strict diet. They didn't feed her. She was she was a tool to the Wizard of Oz production. She was not a person. They they killed her. She died at how old did we did she die at 40, I, I 46? Think, under 50. I think so, yeah. She died under 50 years old. That's insane. Like some of today's actresses that we love, they're over 50 years old. Can you imagine just like one of them dying like this? I mean, it happens all the time. That's not even a good example, but it, that's the main that's the reason why I cannot watch this movie it just makes me feel bad like just watching this and just knowing what they did to her it's it's like just to bring up other things and I know it's not exactly the same but like people really can't listen to like R. Kelly's music anymore just knowing that's so not a good comparison at all bad bad that's, bad but I, I'm trying to no I'm trying to figure how some people can relate but I feel like I think that you're you're kind of missing the mark a little bit though because I personally don't think that I think if Judy Garland was here, she would say, no, please don't remember what my work and my her hard work. Don't remember that film and don't watch it. And now you're not watching it because of what happened to her. She would mm -hmm. say, celebrate me, watch, watch my films and get the joy that it brings to millions of people who have seen it. She wouldn't be like, please don't watch my film. Like, I understand how you how that feels like, especially with someone that you care about. I think it's you don't know the person anyway. So I don't know why it's like. I think no. it's a little bit ridiculous. It's like someone who's just like, I can't, I can't listen to Whitney's music. Like she died, I can't listen to Whitney anymore. Like, get a grip, you know. Just let's enjoy what it is. So I genuinely think if Judy was here, she would be like, watch my films, enjoy my films, and I mean, celebrate and think, it. Like I Marilyn, think, um... people like love to watch her old films people love to celebrate her they're not like we, we can't talk about Marilyn or we can't watch her films anymore like that's an own thing you want to mm -hmm. live forever in Hollywood it's I mean that is a great point a lot of 
a lot of people still watch The Wizard of Oz, even knowing that Judy Garland was just a puppet on on the screen. She was crazy drugged out, probably exhausted. People still watch it, but that just it just makes me think about this movie and specifically just always makes me think about how how toxic Hollywood can be. Like you have other stars after that True. that were treated very similar. Actually, well, not exactly like that because I think they've they can't do stuff like that anymore. That's illegal to give them uppers and downers, barbiturates, and like that's illegal. But I think as we see certain child stars that are just like a product of Hollywood that later on seemingly follow these footsteps and. Like we have Macaulay Culkin, Lindsay Lohan, um, like Demi Lovato, like just people that get to this fame or people that become products of Hollywood and unfortunately fall into drug addiction or they fall into like, you know, um, what's it called? Um, body dysmorphia. Like it's it just happens. And it, that just makes me really sad when I think about that, because I think about the person as well. Like I don't wish that on anybody, addiction or anything like that. That's a very hard thing to deal with for the family and for that person. So when I when I see Wizard of Oz, I think about that. Even though most people might not think about that, I think about that. All right. Okay. And so. I thought I think I was gonna <laughs> say um I think it's funny how you bring up um how um Shirley Temple was the first choice for this and they ended up going with Judy. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how different paths they took after going through Hollywood, like Shirley Temple ended up becoming like some sort of political figure. I believe she ended up becoming, wasn't she like a UN ambassador or something like that? Yeah, but she was also an actress. She was, she but she did work in her as an adult. She, I don't think she was political. UN ambassadors aren't like, they're not considered, they're not in politics. You're, mm-hmm. you're in like a form of government or you're, you're, you work with international governments, but she's a, I mean, Angelina Jolie is a UN ambassador. So I don't, I mean, she still worked as an actress. Yeah. I I mean, Judy just chose to stay in the Hollywood side. Yeah. And then unfortunately she died. She passed away. And then, I mean, um, Shirley Temple just passed away at an older age, not Mm -hmm. from drug addiction. So that's what I mean too. It's like Mm. completely different roles and paths that they each took on later on in life. One, unfortunately passed away of drug addiction. The other one passed away just passed away I, I think i believe she got a she went to college like she became an ambassador used her voice for different reasons like the same way angelina jolie does like they speak on behalf of people that don't have a voice but judy garland still did a lot with her life mm-hmm. I, I oh mean, she did a lot she, for, i don't i feel like it's, it's minimizing her her work just because she didn't get a yeah. college degree or because she didn't i'm not like, minimizing still... her work i'm just saying could this movie potentially be the reason or like what? Like what would have happened to Shirley Temple if she had gone through that? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, maybe because I mean this movie specifically speaking, like they put Judy onto drugs, they gave her all these crazy things and made her an addict. Yeah, could that have happened to Shirley? Like would that have been her? I'm sure, could it? Yeah. Been. So that's just what I mean by that. Okay, so we're doing like a scene breakdown. Uh, we start off in Kansas in the prairie. She's you know talking with i forget the names of them um in the movie but they're like the farmhands but obviously you'll recognize them later because it's the tin man the cowardly lion and the scarecrow and she's trying to help they don't want her help um she's unwanted really on the farm she's just a little girl uh i didn't know this i found out while doing research auntie m killed herself 
she committed suicide. Mm -hmm. You knew that? No. Why are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she killed herself. It's so sad. Um, She had really bad health problems. And so she she took a bunch of sleeping pills and she wrote a note saying, you know, my I don't want my health to take me. She wanted to have the control and say, I'm going out on my own terms, basically. So she took a bunch of sleeping pills. She dressed up in a really nice dress and passed away. Thought that was kind of sad. Um, all right, and then so after that, of course, uh, Judy does her world famous "Over the Rainbow" song. Um, it's interesting with that studio executives wanted "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" cut from the film because they felt that it was beneath an MGM actress to be singing, like, on a farm surrounded by hay and dirt. Uh, and some of them thought that the song isn't going to connect to kids. Like they're not going to understand. They're not going to feel the complexity and feel what she's trying to convey when they sing. And the people who wrote it and the people who were, I think screenwriters were like pushing. They were like mm-hmm. uh, the musical, the guy in charge of the music for the film was furious. And he was saying it has to be in the film. So I think luckily that's... it was kept in. Because it would have been, I can't imagine. Like, can you imagine the world that's, never knowing? That's funny. Somewhere like, over the just rainbow. thinking about that is also thinking about, um, like Disney to this day. Like when they make children movies, they make references for the adults because they know they're gonna be the ones dragged there. Mm. Like the, I think like Frozen came to me like when she's singing like the cold never bothered me anyway. Like she's literally not talking about it being below freezing temperature. <laughs> like there's more complexity to that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like like the adults can enjoy it too. But I think it was important to, like, I think that I wish the studio executives yeah. were there, like, to, to realize, you know, how long yeah. it's been and how this song really does. Kids understand. It resonates with them. And then I'm thinking about movies, too, that came out. I mean, it's crazy. The Wizard of Oz, it's going on, what, 80 years already? That's insane. It's a very long time. And at that time, movies were were very clean and PG, so everybody can enjoy them. Like, Sometimes I'll watch like Turner classic movies, mm-hmm. and although like the plots are very adult based, they're rated G. Like they're just so clean. So I think it's funny that they wanted to cut that out. Like it, like it, they were making movies for everybody to enjoy. I, I think it's funny how they specifically like they thought about children. Like they can't understand somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah. So after Dorothy's amazing song, uh, Miss Gulch comes into the picture. What do you think about Miss Gulch? I've never seen The Wizard of Oz. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so what do you think of her? Miss Gulch? I didn't even know that was her name. I know the woman oh that you're talking God. about. Oh, my God. You're so not prepared for what's happening I today. am prepared. I just, you really, you went into it with the characters and stuff, but. I mean, it's pretty basic. It's Mrs. Gulch, unmarried, because she's a bitch. And she takes Toto. She's a jerk. When I think she of... takes who that's that's another question. Who has a grandchild or child and's like, well, they're gonna they're gonna take the dog. I would have been like, take the try to take the dog, ma'am. We have a gun right here ready. Yeah. Especially like, like in gun love in Kansas. Get like, her ass out of here. She's not taking anything. When I think about Ms. Gulch, somebody else that pops into my head is like Matilda, that crazy old teacher or the principal of the school. I just think about that like mm-hmm. that, like that harsh character in a children's movie. Like that was just like, and that God, went on I'm in so many mad films you said after. that because I don't. I'm trying to remember her name now. Miss Trunchable. Trun, yes, Miss Trunchable. Trunchable. 
That's on yes. the list. Matilda's on our list. So, really? Yeah. How I have, movies we're going to discuss? Or? Yeah. We have, I have a whole list. I have, I think, 50 movies down already. Wow. Um, and I'm excited because I, I also realized, like, oh, my God, when October comes, it's going to be all scary movies. So it's Spooky. really cool. Yeah. Anyway. Which so is funny because you can't watch scary movies. Yeah. What, like what were we watching the other well, day? I you mean, jumped? I mean, like scary movie. I no, you know, it's scary movies of today because it's all jump scares. That's like if it's a scary movie like Poltergeist, The Exorcist, The Shining, Halloween, all the classics. It's fine because they were actually trying to like build fear. But it yeah. seems like everyone today is just like, let's just get any opportunity to pop out of the corner to scare you. Well, what did we watch the other day where you jumped? I don't know. Um, and that was that was hilarious. Like you literally screamed. Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah. When you saw the doll under the couch. And I like, put it on. I don't even know why. I was like, yeah. oh, Annabelle. Let's see. Yeah. Dumb. All right. So Mrs. Gulch takes Toto. Her grandparents are weak and they let the dog go. Dorothy's crying. And Dorothy goes to the gypsy caravan and she's that's where she encounters Professor Marvel. Um and he does her fortune. He he's reading her fortune, and he's saying like, "Oh, you know." And he's a total scam artist. Like this poor guy is just scamming her, and she's just Dorothy's eating it all up. And he's taking her cues from her, and and saying, "Oh yeah, you know your aunt on the farm. She's she looks sad, and she's wondering where you where you are because Dorothy ran away." And uh, so that's when Dorothy, of course, runs back to to go and there's a twister coming mm -hmm. and then that's when the twister scene starts and dorothy gets knocked unconscious by a window and starts she wakes up and she's in the tornado that always confused me as a child or an adult both i mean i know now we have like oh, how meteorologists and scientists that like you can predict oh. rain weeks ahead of time but at that time they really couldn't have predicted like bad weather just by looking outside even without us looking at the weather i've heard though you can tell um when a tornado's coming because of the the air like the air changes and you're able to sort of like when it rains and you can yeah. smell it like there's a change that you can tell that That's there's why, a so tornado coming dorothy's running around and they may or may not know that there's a tornado coming it's like yes like, <laughs> let me leave like it's like us living in california and there's a big earthquake mm -hmm. and we just go out and about it's like no you kind of you know you might stay in the night just in case, you know, like, yeah. or if there's aftershocks, like where, yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so Auntie M is screaming for Dorothy. I don't know. Do you remember that? Yeah. She's like, Dorothy. And she ends up having to go hide. <laughs> so she wakes up. Dorothy wakes up after being knocked unconscious. She sees uh, the witch or Mrs. Gold or Miss Gold. Cause she's of course unmarried. Uh, Miss Gulch on her bike, and then it she transforms into the witch on a broom, and she eventually lands. And it was interesting the way that they filmed that. I I don't know if you know Edwin, but they they filmed it in reverse, like they just filmed the house falling down, and then mm. they reversed it like it's going up into the tornado. That was interesting. Little tricks back in the day. Oh, the golden age. I forgot that was this was during the golden age. And um, she appears. Oh, another little tidbit. So the the girl, Dorothy, quote unquote, Dorothy, who opens the door while she's in black and white. And then they step into the camera, follows Dorothy mm -hmm. into the color, technicolor of Munchkin land where everything's colorful. That was the body double opening the door. Mm -hmm. And then Dorothy came from or Judy Garland came from out of frame into uh, the camera. And, and it's just the color. 
And it's color. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie where I still it's, it's so amazing how they did that back yeah. like how in the 1930s yeah. i mean now now we have computers and cgi and everything to do mm -hmm. this but it's crazy that the wizard of oz was completely filmed on a set like no no live locations everything was done inside warehouses and what, what i forgot the name of the studio. studios mgm 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 studio yes yeah so and with that um dorothy's shoes were originally silver uh, in pre-production, but the film's screenwriter, Noel Langley, recommended mm. that they were changed to bright ruby because they would pop more with the use of Technicolor. I was mm -hmm. just about to mention how her red shoes are probably one of the most iconic fashion moments of all time. <laughs> like, even to this day, like, you can't wear red shoes or even sparkly red shoes without there being a Wizard of Oz reference. And the fact that they were going to be silver, like, that just, I don't think... I don't think we'd be thinking about red, I mean, silver high heels the way we would about red high heels, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I just wanted to, the, the guy who played uh, Professor Marvel also played five characters in total. Uh, his name is Frank Morgan. He uh, he played Professor Marvel, the wizard, the doorman to Oz, the cabbie who's with the horse, the wizard's guard, and uh, the wizard himself. I wonder how many so salaries he got paid. Don't know. Um, also... Let me see really quick. I'm looking for it. There's a lot of facts here. Um, where is it? Oh, that Dorothy's... Do you know how much Dorothy's Ruby Slippers are worth right now? At least. $773,000. Wow. No, it's very specific. Uh, they're worth right now at least $1.5 million. Wow. Um, there are five versions of them out there. One was given, one was stolen. Um, I don't think it's ever been recovered. Another one is at the Smithsonian. Another one belongs. I think the others are privately owned. Um, the film costs three to four million dollars to make, which approximately uh, in today's dollars is 55 to 70, $72 million in today's money, which doesn't sound like that much because we're so used to like blockbusters that cost $200 million to make. But back then it was unheard of. I think they were the most expensive film at the time uh, because of all the Technicolor, all the costumes, everything that they had to do. And so um, also with the directors, the first director was Richard Thorpe, who was fired after less than two weeks. Next came George Cucker and he uh, left to go work on another film. Do you know what film that was? The one who flew over the coop was next. No, different time, different time. And I, I just heard Cooker and no, he he left with the Wizard of Oz production to go work on Gone with the Wind, and that's when Victor Fleming took over and he did most of the film, and then King Vidor finished the film, the final scenes like the Kansas. Scene. It's funny how um, I hear Gone with the Wind, and that's one of the most famous movies of all time. Mm -hmm. But now when I hear Gone with the Wind, I think about RuPaul's Drag Race. When she's screaming, I'm gone with the wind, fabulous. No, oh, that's no. not RuPaul's Drag Race. That's <laughs> that's the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Never mind. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So uh, Dorothy lands in Munchkin Land, and she meets Glinda the Good Witch uh, and the Wicked Witch, played by Margaret Hamilton, and um, Billy Burke, who played uh, uh, Glinda the Good Witch. And Glinda the Good Witch was actually in her 50s when she filmed this. Uh, I believe she was 54. And Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch, was in her 30s. But with all the makeup, they made Margaret, unfortunately, look horrible and old. And Glinda looked very young and beautiful. Um, 
another thing with that, I didn't know that Margaret Hamilton's dressing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, you know what I was about to share? Because while you were talking about how much money and how expensive the movie was at the time to make mm-hmm. compared to today, mm-hmm. I looked up how much Judy Garland made for the film. Mm-hmm. She made $500 a week. Mm-hmm. And in 1939, $500. Today, um, that would be about $9,400 a week. Which is. Uh, well, how many weeks were they filming? Because then that would help me figure out how yeah. much. I mean, I, I, I tried looking that up. I couldn't find anything, but. All right. Um, so in this scene where Dorothy meets the witch and uh, towards the end of it, after they I mean, do their I'm whole... sorry, even mm-hmm. if they did film for a year, 52 weeks, what's um 9,000 times 52? This is not a math podcast. It's not a math podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, while Edwin does that math, I'll go ahead. You have it? Four hundred and sixty-eight thousand, roughly. That's still... that's a lot of money. I mean, back that's that's a lot of money now. And back then, four hundred and sixty something thousand was worth so much more money. I mean, compared to how how much actresses get paid. Okay, today, look, it costs. That's still a lot of money, though. Yeah, it costs three million to make the film, and if she made four hundred thousand dollars, no, I mean that would be three million. To, oh, yes. three million back then was fifty-five to seventy-two million back then. So no, I'm being saying, paid four hundred and I'm saying no, four hundred would be in today's money. Oh. Back then, but if it, if she if they would have filmed for an entire year, which they did, she was paid five hundred dollars a week times fifty two, twenty six thousand dollars. All right. Well, so in this scene, uh, towards the end, of course, uh, is when the wicked witch is disappears and bursts into a ball of flame, the red smoke, and she's gone. So that stunt uh, actually cost Margaret Hamilton. She suffered second and third degree burns to her hands and face with that fiery exit. And uh, because her makeup was copper based, so she had to be hospitalized for a few weeks and she had those burns pretty much forever. Um, Another interesting thing with Margaret Hamilton, her dressing room was a canvas tent. That was her dressing room. She had to be in a tent and compared to Billy Burke, who in her 50s had been in Hollywood a long time. Margaret Hamilton was a school teacher who decided to become an actress. Billy Burke had long been in Hollywood. She had an entire dressing room that everything was pink and blue. She had pink and blue mints. She had pink and blue curtains. Her bottles for her perfumes were pink and blue. She was obviously a much mm-hmm. higher caliber, higher paid and I mean, taken you, more you seriously. You do have to think about this time in golden era film too. These actors or actresses that had contracts with these studios they had offices there. Like um, she earned that, that dressing room as for somebody that is fairly new. They might not get that the first round or even yeah, a yeah. year into it. So. so I was more, they were, when they interviewed Margaret Hamilton, Margaret said that when on the days that Billy wasn't on set to film, she would go stay in there and they would still bring lunch to the thing. So she would eat the lunch as well. I just yeah. thought that was really sweet. And I, I feel so bad. She's probably in her tent alone. It's just such a shitty. I'm all burned. Bur- yeah like jesus <laughs> christ but it's so it's so nice that copper she's... based makeup that is so toxic yeah and it was interesting judy garland's ex-husband said that um some of the little got the little men who, oh which ex-husband because she had a her her last yeah her her final husband i believe um the 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 little people that the some of the men who were the little people that played the munchkins um they were molesting 
Judy. Like they put, oh, gosh. they put their hands up her dress and were, That's so gross. you know, making comments to her. It's not, there's this, these are just claims from her ex-husband. Uh, I don't know if, why he would lie about that. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's kind of, unfortunately, even like stories that you hear today, like it, people are abused in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So I and oh, I and also, just, I was uh, gonna say I, go when I looked up how much Judy Garland made, mm-hmm. the Munchkins made fifty dollars a week. Yes, and the dog Toto uh, went by Terry. Yeah, he earned one hundred and twenty-five dollars compared to what you said when the fifty dollars that the Munchkins were paid. Unfortunately, so Judy Garland made five hundred dollars, and the dog made one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah. The dog was making 25% of a human salary. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I think that's about, Is I don't know, I'm not good at math. So if anybody's better at math than me, that's insane that a dog was making yeah. like about one-fifth, roughly one-fifth of a human salary. And speaking of uh, the copper-based makeup that Margaret Hamilton had, uh, Betty Epson, who was the original Tin Man, he had to be recast by Jack Haley because he suffered an allergic reaction uh, because the makeup for him was aluminum powder and it got into his lungs and he couldn't breathe. So he was replaced by Jack Haley and they thought, okay, let's turn this powder into a paste. And that's how it worked. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk more about the scenes and what we thought of the film. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Um, I hope this is saved. I'm going to be pissed. (sighs) <sighs> okay sorry guys we're doing we're doing a lot here when the technology is not something that i'm great with so we'll see and these motorcycles are just driving along <sighs> all right so dorothy meets the scarecrow what are your thoughts edwin all right now i'm thinking that sometimes you just need to be medicated honestly like you're too far from the mic i feel like you need medication i um, feel like the wicked witch needs medication i feel like she was very misunderstood i should have been better prepared for this and practice defying gravity from wicked <laughs> honestly like the whole time you were thinking i'm like because uh, i'm thinking like wicked is just a, another amazing spinoff of the wizard of oz mm-hmm. and he gave us yeah and dina menzel and defying gravity with Christian Chenoweth, like it's just amazing. That's what I was thinking about right now. So, what'd you think about meeting the scarecrow when Dorothy met the scarecrow? <laughs> I, I don't know why she was scared. Like she seemed to be like a little. You wouldn't be scared if a scarecrow would started moving and jumping and shaking and singing. That wouldn't terrify you a little bit. An inanimate object just saying, "Hey, mm. howdy." I mean, I would have thought I was probably dreaming, so I would have tried to come to reality and be like okay what's going on i'm probably dreaming i don't know about being i don't believe you for a second i think if we were in a cornfield and all of a sudden the scarecrow that's standing next to us as we're chatting just puts his arm on you you are gonna jump and lose your shit i might hit somebody not you obviously scarecrow maybe that might be another reaction very jeepers creepers i might hit somebody yeah well she meets a scarecrow and yeah it was uh it's a lovely it a scene. Who's your favorite? The scarecrow, the tin man, or the cowardly lion? Or Dorothy. The cowardly lion, I think it's so cute. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know if he's my favorite though. I think I think the scarecrow seemed most like her best friend. Like he cared the most about her and he really I don't know, they just seem to have such a different bond than the others. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he really did seem the smartest. Like he really was the smartest, even though he didn't have a brain, which I'm sure is done on purpose. <laughs> but I love the scarecrow. The scarecrow is so favorite? sweet. He's so brave and he's so sweet to her. Like he totally treats her like it's like, that's my little sister or that's my daughter. Like they just, he has such a, like he literally died for her when they ripped him up into pieces and he's on the floor. Like he loves Dorothy mm. and they all do, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. The cowardly lion is sometimes useless because he's crying and he's too afraid. The Tin Man tries to, the Tin Man has such an ego because he's so insecure with himself. So he's like, you can, when he starts shaking because he's scared and he's trying to be tough and it's just like the scarecrow is very confident in himself and he just like, he's like, I'm a dummy, but he's really not. And he's, yeah, love the scarecrow. So she meets the scarecrow. She meets the Tin Man. Um, Another, oh, so the interesting thing with the scarecrow, the costumes for that, uh, they, I guess they left impressions onto his skin um, for about a year. And they just, these indents that were left in his skin that stayed. From the hay or the? No, I think it's just the, the fix, the, like the, not fixtures, but like the prosthetics that they had to put on him. Ooh. They damaged his skin for about a year. Uh, and I wonder if, you know. I wonder if they knew that all this was toxic or if no, they just thought it was fine. No. Like No, they didn't. They thought it was fine. Uh Bert Bert Lahr, who played the Cowardly Lion, the costume was actually it was real actual lion fur and it weighed 90 pounds and Lahr was constantly sweating during filming. So every day once they wrapped, two assistants needed to stay and dry the costume every single night because it was drenched in sweat. Uh Buddy Epson who played the Tin Man, his costume was real metal. And as a dancer, he was, it was infuriating because he couldn't dance like how he wanted. He was a great dancer and he really couldn't, he was so restricted. He also couldn't use the bathroom for 10 to 12 hours because it took so long to put on all that metal and take it off. And he would have to sleep like basically leaning up against one of the fake trees or a wall because you can't yeah. sit in I that mean, costume. And they would film for practically 24 seven, judging by all the drugs like, they gave Dorothy. I 10 mean, to Judy. 16 hours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he talked they in, in, in later interviews, they were asking, like, wasn't it such fun filming uh, The Wizard of Oz? And he was like, no. He's like, it was hell. And he goes, it was such hard work. Um, and they didn't enjoy it. And so I'm just thinking right now, I wonder how bad it smelled on set, considering. Oh, I'm sure it was how terrible. sweat drenched. <laughs> yeah, was, the sure lion costume was or I'm even thinking like in a tin suit, you probably can't even pass gas considering. Mm, I, I haven't know. been to the relieved your bladder in hours. Like it just must have been horrible. Well, the gas doesn't come from the bladder. What do you mean? I mean, I know gas doesn't come from the bladder, but I'm just kidding. You... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I know you know. I'm kidding. All right. Um, also, that famous myth everybody knows. People are like, "Oh my God!" Somebody hung them or hanged themselves. I learned that, by the way. It's not. If you're referring to people, it's hanged. And if you're referring to objects, it's hung. Like the painting was hung, but the man hanged himself. Just your little grammatical fact of the day. Yeah. So nobody hanged themselves on set. It was a, just a bird that is seen in the background. And they did that on purpose because they were in the studio set, like Edwin had said, like everything was on a sound stage. They wanted to have birds roaming around freely. So it gave the look of like a natural environment. And also to what you were saying, Edwin, about I wonder if they knew... Um, and me saying like, no, they didn't. 
the the snow that you see falling when they're in the poppy fields is asbestos. So they didn't know at the time that that was, you know. And that's being children of the 90s. I think we remember watching TV and seeing those commercials. Have you been affected by asbestos? Mm-hmm. Call, Call our, our number. number. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the poppy fields, it uh, 20 men had to work for an entire week to embed 40,000 artificial flowers into Studio 29's terrain. That poppy field was so beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, that good for them. My hat's off. Like, that is such hard work. It's amazing. That's the thing. Like, it really is a shame that, I mean, and the actors are so important. I don't, obviously, I mean, I know what they do is incredible work as well. But to all the people behind the scenes that you never know and, like, what it took to make a film, I think it's, that's one of the things that I'm going to like about this podcast is that we can talk about all the behind the scenes work yeah. that everybody puts in that nobody would know about otherwise. Um, also, um, an unfortunate little fact, director Victor Fleming slapped Judy Garland across the face, uh, because she kept laughing from Burt Lahr, who played the Cowardly Lion. So, he, uh, something that would not be tolerated today, uh, but yeah, it was, that's what he did. So, they go from the poppy field, after she meets all of them, you can see that the witch is, uh, following them throughout the entire time. Uh, they get to the poppy field where the asbestos snow is falling on them. And then finally they get to the Emerald City and the town center, uh, the town square. And that's where <clears throat> you see them. I believe I haven't seen it in a while. I wanted to watch it, but I couldn't find it. Um, and I don't think I have a DVD copy of it. Uh, I believe they're rejected at first. Like they're not allowed in. But then Dorothy starts crying. And then the the guy that's the guardsman lets them in after he's he starts crying think, because yes. Dorothy's crying and, uh, and uh, they, they basically are doing like a little mini parade where they're meeting everybody. And that's where you see the horse, a horse of a different color mm -hmm. changing all the time. Uh, they use jello. Jello was used to produce the colors on the horses and it was safe for them. It's funny how the horses had like the safe things on them yeah, the and all the human and actors had like asbestos and aluminum powder and copper yeah lion fur like all of the worst things that's it was left to the humans um so yeah they get to uh the emerald city and then you see the the witch who is watching um seeing in her little uh what do they call it? like your glass ball your the crystal ball is it a crystal ball that they so. see there. Yeah. So the crystal ball where she sees and she's plotting and plotting. And uh, you see the haunted forest where the scare, that is where the scarecrow grit gets ripped up and you get to see the monkeys flying. Something that was really impressive back in the 1930s mm -hmm. that they could, I mean, it's crazy now. I mean, we literally, what they did then we still do now or not. We, not, <laughs> and we they, don't do that. <laughs> they still do that now using these wires and like green screens and stuff. They were able to put them on wires um, and have these actors and monkeys costumes flying down. And apparently Victor Fleming, while directing that, he it cost they were paying the actors, I think, twenty five dollars every time he put them back up to come fly down. And he did it over and over and over because he was not happy with it. And it was costing the studio twenty five dollars per person to per each time, each time. Wow. So and. He was, and the actors would just remember being so excited. And they're like, oh my God, we got to go up again. We're getting That's another $25. It's just, it was great I mean, <laughs> that he was doing that. Considering that Judy got paid $500 a yeah, week. Yeah. If they had to repeat that scene 10 times, yeah. times 25, like 
they earned half of her salary in that one <laughs> day. You're very focused on the money for the, for this. Uh, so, of course, you see the, the Haunted Forest, Word of the Scarecrow, the best one. Uh, MVP gets ripped up for Dorothy. Uh, you see the flying monkeys, and they kidnap Dorothy and take her away to the witch's castle. And that's when we see the scene. Oh, my God. Oh, oh I forgot to tell you. My brother, when he was little and he watched this, was terrified of the flying monkeys he would go hide behind the furniture and if he had to watch it he would start crying because he was so scared of the flying monkeys i didn't feel that when i was watching it i mm. it was exciting and you know but he he was really little this That's was like funny. when he was four or five he would get really scared but um it's funny how kids have like those irrational fears like i wasn't i don't think i was ever afraid of any characters no that's a lie i was afraid of chuck e cheese the mouse like, terrified of the person in the costume that oh, just thought yeah. that was creepy. Hmm. I would scream. Is a rat? I don't know. Is he a mouse what or? Did rat? I say rat and mouse? No, you didn't say anything. I'm asking. I, I think, think it's a mouse. Rat. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, um, so this scene I remember as a as a little kid, it always got me so sad. It was like the the Mufasa dying for me, but in the Wizard of Oz, mm. seeing Dorothy, seeing Judy Garland, the way that she could just get her eyes to have this. Oh, so sad just these tears welled up in her eyes crying to see auntie m and she's just terrified that she's gonna die and she puts her her hand against her lips like her lips are quivering her hand is shaking oh my god as a kid i remember watching just being like we gotta get her how do we help her how do we save her um and then of course at the main gate that's when they they rebuild the scarecrow the cowardly lion and the tin man and they they go to the gate. They, I love it. They punch out three guards and take their costumes. We don't get to see them, but I wish we could have seen the fight scene where they're just beating the crap out of these guards and taking their costumes. I love how that was too much for them to include in the movie. <laughs> and uh, they go into the castle to save Dorothy. They, they, they rescue her. They open the, they open the this wooden door, I think the Tin Man used his axe to beat down the door and Dorothy's begging them to open it because she's about to die because the witch put that curse of the sand, um, that timekeeper with the sand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the sand runs out, she's going to die. So Dorothy gets saved. and But unfortunately, the witch has all of her guards go after them and they get cornered. But this, of course, is when... Oh, she lights the scarecrow on fire. And... Is it Dorothy? Yeah, Dorothy grabs the water. Yes, and then throws it at the witch. Okay, I yeah. thought it was the Tin Man for a second. No, I believe Dorothy is the one that does it. Oh, yeah, so Dorothy grabs the bucket of water, throws it on to save the Scarecrow, hitting the witch, and she's gone. I'm melting. What a world, what a world. Wait, what did she say? She's like... Who would have thought that a, uh, a little girl would have destroyed my beautiful wickedness? And she's like, oh, I'm going. I'm going. And then the little, I love at the end, where she's like, oh. Yeah. She disappears. That's great. But then 20, I mean 20, and then 60 years later, she reemerges on Broadway. <laughs> she's back. <laughs> Another great, such a great, I mean, in the 1930s, it's amazing what they were doing. Like, I remember as a kid watching this, even now as an adult, I'm impressed at what they were doing. These stunts they were pulling. They need to go to RuPaul's Drag Race, do all this. Imagine. Cover yourself in copper. And that's what they should do. Uh, a rusical that's the Wizard of Oz. Get people on the phone right now. 
So maybe for all stars because that reason, would be amazing. I think I can see that on an all star season with a more season. Oh, yeah, was, they should. Yes, because this yes. last Rusical that we just saw. Okay, we're drifting. We're not, <laughs> but yes, it wasn't that. Yeah, so, yeah. um, he go, they go back, they take the witch's hat to show the wizard, uh, that they killed the witch. And oh, and then you know, it's so funny though, quickly the guards were able to turn, you killed her. And then they're so excited. What are you on your phone doing, Edwin? I'm trying to. I'm, I owe somebody money, and it's not going through on my money sending app. And just it's we're going to be done in like eight minutes. It's the final scenes. Okay, I'm, you can keep going. I can do two things at once. I'm listening to. Okay, it's the Aaron podcast. So uh, they present the the hat to the to the wizard, and he he still refuses. He's trying to send them away. He won't grant them their wishes, and then that's when. Dorothy's done. She's had enough of this shit. So they go and they pull the curtain. He says, pay no attention to the curtain back there, to the man behind the curtain back there. Good for them. Not taking this anymore from this man. And they discover that it's the wizard is just this man who doesn't have powers. He doesn't have these, you know, special abilities. And the bastard gives a heart clock and a a degree to the, to the scarecrow because he had the intelligence all along and the tin man had the heart and he had the courage with the cowardly line had the courage within him all the, the whole time. So it gave him the metal. Um, the only magic here is her shoes, the Ruby slippers. Um, it's funny how they all had what they were looking for the entire time. Yeah. Good lesson for the kids. So <clears throat> he offers to take her home, the wizard quote unquote wizard uh, in his balloon, he has an, uh, one of those air balloons and he's offered to take her back to Kansas. And, oh my God, I remember as a kid, I was so pissed. I'm like, why is no one grabbing the rope as it's flying away? It's just such a ridiculous, like, there could have just been like 10 people that jumped onto that basket and it wouldn't have gone anywhere. It's just one of those frustrating moments. But the balloon and that jackass take off flying away leaving dorothy stuck in oz crying she's not going to get to see her auntie m and uncle fern or whatever his name i forget his name but anyway uh and that's when uh, uh glinda the good witch appears and she tells her you know the only thing that you needed to do you've had the magic all along something that's kind of like well you didn't need you could have just told me that at the beginning and i didn't need to go on this whole damn adventure but she wouldn't have met her little buddy. So, uh, and she clicks her heels three times and she says, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And she finally makes it, uh, she makes it back to Kansas only to discover that she was dreaming the whole time. And everyone's gathered around her. And you see now the farm hands were seeing the cowardly lion is there and the tin man is there and the scarecrow is there. And she says that, and she's like, you were there and you were there. And, I think the last line of the film is there's no place like home. I think it's funny. And I looked it up one time. How, how come like these old actors and actresses, they have these weird accents in movies. Cause like, mm-hmm. if you watch Judy Garland, like she, she speaks like kind of like, it's like, it sounds it's English, but it sounds like not American. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's absolutely American. The accents, I don't think it's her so much. I think it's like the farmhands that you hear, specific, like the, the Scarecrow and the Tin Man. Mm-hmm. Very old Hollywood American. Yeah, It's uniquely American. There's no other accent like that but in the world. I looked it's it up, very American. I looked it up once why, 
like old Hollywood actors, they kind of speak like that. They don't really. It, it's like, what are you gonna do? See, you wanna, yeah. you wanna deal. You like know, right? if you watch movies now, obviously, like they don't speak like that. But they did that back then, so it can. <laughs> I mean, they speak English, but no, I thought of Mae West with the Alaska's just like, oh, Rue, why don't you come and fuck me sometime? <laughs> but that, sorry. Anyway, no, I always think about um, <laughs> Benda Lacrem going. This is just a RuPaul podcast. We this should is, this is a Drag Race podcast. When Benda Lacrem is uh, is doing um, what's it called, a snatch game, and then she goes, oh, and she's uh, like, libations flavored with citrus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so think about that, but they they mm-hmm. spoke in accents or well, she's English and, and, and for that. Yes. Yeah. No, but I mean in old Hollywood movies they spoke like that to appeal to broader audiences, not just in America. Well, that's cool, but even like average Americans had those accents. Like that wasn't unique to Hollywood. A lot of Americans had that. Like there's, it was a very you know common thing to have that sort of accent. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that was the reason why. All right, well, that's it uh, for our first episode. I uh, hope everyone likes. Please, if you like this, if you hate it, that's fine, too. Just go and, you know, click five stars. That helps us out. Write a review. Let us know. Um, we have an email. It's passthepopcornpod at gmail.com. So if there's any movies that you guys want uh, to hear, any comments, suggestions, anything, you can send us an email. Um, we have an Instagram and a Twitter. Both are at Pass the Popcorn Pod. Gosh, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I should just bet money right now mm-hmm. as to how many emails your grandpa's going to send us as to what movies we should discuss. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't plan on telling my family oh. that much just because I'm cursing. And this is, you know, I try not to curse around them. Your grandfather out of respect. curses more than you and I probably. Of course, yeah, but I don't like to curse. I don't want them to... I try to avoid that, but anyway. So, yeah. Um, let me see really quick. Some final facts. Uh, there was a 13-minute silent film called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz made in 1910 and another one in 1925. Um, oh, and uh, Dorothy's hair originally was blonde, not red. They decided to change that, but yeah. That's it. So... You can follow us on social media, suggest anything, comments. Uh, oh, Edwin, uh, what would you rate it? One out of ten. Obviously a ten. This is one of those movies that everybody has to see. It's classic Hollywood, classic cinema. You get introduced to Judy Garland, one of the most beloved actresses and singers beloved. of all time. Ten across the board. Yes. For sure. But a one... For the drugs and killing her. And making One her for drug the addict. slapping her across the face. And the Victor Fleming potential asshole. sexual molestation that she endured. Yeah. Body dysmorphia. Yeah. Not cool, man. Hospitalizing the actors. Putting them. Third degree burns. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. I don't know what film we're doing. Um, Edwin and I will take a look at the list that I've made. And maybe we'll pick one from there. We'll see. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.